The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Todd Wheatland, and you are listening to the Marketing Book Podcast with the extraordinary Douglas Burdett. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. I'm going to do that for you, and you can find them at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Todd Wheatland, and we're going to talk about his book, The Marketer's Guide to SlideShare, How to Build Your Brand, Generate Leads, and Create Opportunities. Todd Wheatland is the head of strategy for King Content, a global content marketing agency. Before joining King Content in 2014, Todd was based in Paris since 2005 as VP Marketing at Kelly Services, a Fortune 500 company, as well as heading up global marketing for Kelly OCG, the workforce consulting and outsourcing arm of Kelly Services. Todd is an established global marketing speaker and author, and last year was named as one of the top 25 social media experts by LinkedIn. He's also a regular contributor to industry publications, including Mashable, Social Media Today, Chief Content Officer Magazine, Demand Gen Report, and B2B Magazine, and is a strategic contributor to the Corporate Executive Board's Marketing Leadership Council. Todd is also a podcaster. He is the host of The Pivot Marketing Backstories, where he interviews some of the world's great marketers who tell their interesting life and career backstories, and I love it. And I recommend it to anybody who's in marketing or anybody that just wants to hear an interesting story. Todd, congratulations on the Marketer's Guide to SlideShare, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you very much, Douglas. It's great to be here. Todd, what is the one key contribution you sought to make with your book? Well, I think world peace was my original aim, Douglas, and I I think I may have fallen slightly short. Well, you know, it's important to reach for the stars. <laughs> and don't I'll give up how, on that goal, Todd. There is actually a good story about how this book started. This, this book, like all good books, I think started in a bar. Mm-hmm. And it was a discussion. I was sitting around with um, a bunch of people, probably four or five people who many listeners will know. Um, and we were, we were basically making fun um, – making fun of the fact that there, I think Pinterest was about three months old and sorry, three months after it really first started going crazy. Mm -hmm. And we were making um, comment about the fact that I think there were 20 books um, at that stage on Amazon about how to market on Pinterest (laughs) and, you know, and uh, implying that someone had actually worked this out. uh, (laughs) Right. And and the the bios of those authors probably had either the word expert or guru in there, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Whereas I was actually sitting around with, and we were at a conference. We were at you know at a marketing conference. We're all speaking at this conference, and we all knew that, um, and had often talked amongst ourselves the fact that SlideShare was this outrageously effective platform for building subscribers and um, and generating profile. And it was um, literally, I, I made the, the observation that, and I can't believe that no one has written this book on SlideShare yet. And it suddenly, you know, it, it became it became a well. If you don't write it, we're going to. <laughs> and um, and that's that's exactly how it came to pass. I, I basically went, oh, that's going to be very easy. I'll sit down for a couple of weeks and, and knock that out. Interesting. Well, you know, all those uh, authors are very competitive people. <laughs> Let me uh, just read one uh, excerpt from the beginning of the book that I I really thought was great and uh, a bit inspirational. If you're a solopreneur, small business owner, or large corporation, SlideShare can make a significant impact on your online visibility, credibility, and business growth. It doesn't require rethinking your existing content to make a start, as many experience with YouTube. It doesn't require the same level of real-time commitment that makes people so fearful of Twitter. SlideShare makes it easy to take what you've already got to a much wider audience. And in stark contrast to most business businesses' experiences with social media today, it delivers measurement based on real business impact activity like leads. Why is it that SlideShare seems to be this a quiet giant or or workhorse that doesn't get all the attention but works so well. Well, I think you've just I think you've kind of summarized you know the the, the relative lack of sexiness between B two B and B two C marketing as well. I mean, SlideShare absolutely has its largest profile in the B two B space. So anyone who's position themselves as an expert or actually looking to generate leads in the traditional sense from a, a thought um, from a you know from a, a thought leadership profile or from publishing expertise and that is you know that's intrinsically less less fun than Twitter or um, or Facebook or Pinterest the other platforms we mentioned before mm-hmm. I think LinkedIn a lot of those you know, uh, um, ugly duckling type um, type things about SlideShare were also very true of LinkedIn until mm-hmm. probably um, you know twelve eighteen months ago, um, where you know LinkedIn's made significant investments in becoming, I wouldn't say a consumer platform necessarily, but from it's be- definitely become it's become more on par with other social networks in terms of uh, people's understanding that it doesn't it doesn't have to be a boring place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I it's think, not, I think LinkedIn's not just the place you go when you uh, are looking for a job like it was a few years ago. Yeah, very much. It used to be like a you know a static resume place, right? Here's mm-hmm. here's what I've done, um, and now it's very much here's what I'm doing. It's um, you know, the, and that that is becoming much much less, um, much much more of a frictionless uh, model as well. So increasingly, you'll see. Plugins. When if you're on, say, YouTube, for example, you can easily click to add a video to your profile. Or if you are hosting content on um, a place like SlideShare or even Pinterest, you can easily clip that to add it to your LinkedIn profile. So it's very much becoming the record of uh, currency for people and, and trying to map their digital footprint. Um, and that's that's been a big shift, and it's becoming a, a much bigger part of people's lives. And of course, since SlideShare was acquired by LinkedIn. It's driven a lot of the publishing type features that are now we're now seeing increasingly rolled out by LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. 
I spend more time on LinkedIn than I used to, um, perhaps because of all the features they've added. But I'm even going over to SlideShare, believe it or not, um, particularly for content that is created just, I can tell they've created it just for SlideShare. It's like reading a, a flip book or something. Yeah, and def- definitely I am, um, you know, probably one of the, the, I was probably one of the early proponents of that model. Uh, and uh, it's been hugely successful. And for those of you, those of you listening who don't understand what Douglas just referred to, but it, it really is kind of like a flip book model. You, you're taking, you're thinking much more like a, a storyboarding for a video. Um, and you're thinking, well, how, what is the visual experience someone will have? Uh, when they're actually viewing something that transitions from static slide to static slide to static slide. And so often you'll take a, instead of just going from one slide to the next and having it be significantly different, you may build a, a type of animation, if you like, on top of each slide so that the, the experience for the viewer is, is much more cohesive and much more fun. And that is a, that's a, a particular technique which uh, I'll give Douglas some references so we can put in the show notes so people can try to understand some examples of what that means. But that concept, Douglas, of people intentionally making content customized for um, SlideShare is something that's really taken off for the last 18 months and that it's because there is such a huge volume of traffic, like you know, 60 million UVs a month mm-hmm. to this site, um, if you want to be featured, if you want to get the editors at SlideShare excited about the content you're loading, then the thumbnails, the headlines, and that experience, so actually not just taking a PDF that's formatted for an e-book or a white paper, but actually thinking through what what can I do to just that extra 20% of effort to make this really, really uh, a pleasant experience for someone consuming on SlideShare will make all the difference in terms of traffic. There are a couple of SlideShares done by the UK-based content marketing agency, Velocity Partners, that I thought were particularly well done. I really enjoyed them, and I know my listeners will will like them too. About um, You may have seen those, Todd. About uh, One's about crap content and the other one's about uh why it's great to be a b2b marketer so i don't know if you'd seen those but those are some of my favorites and they're really uh very well done i think well actually i'll jump in on that douglas because i know doug very well um who who created those pieces of content and kessler doug kessler and what what um What's extraordinary, what, in fact, it's a great example of the power of this platform. So Doug is an expat uh, American living in the UK. He has a small marketing agency and has had for 15 years plus and suddenly went literally from overnight focusing on UK clients to suddenly having people from all over the world calling him and asking him to create similar content for them. So it literally globalized his business within a few months. Mm-hmm. And that that is not uh, that is not an uncommon story. Uh, if you take you know just just in the marketing space, if you take um, people like Joe Polizzi, uh, Lee Oden, uh, Jay Bear, all of these people have built multi million dollar businesses um, over the last say five years, and all of them say that SlideShare is. One, either their number one or number two source of all new leads. So it, this is not an you know this is not a, a 
you know, a shot in the dark. It's not something that's you know a, a lucky a lucky win for for one or two people. This is a platform that whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a, a small business, and you have a story to tell. If you think of, if you think it through and plan, then you can absolutely make this a, a very significant lead generation part for your business. And your interview on your podcast with Doug Kessler, I, I really enjoyed as well. So, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> sorry, uh, but it's it's a good one. I'll make sure to to link that one up. Um, Todd, I had a theory, and this may be completely wrong about your book. It's uh, about SlideShare, but it's like you snuck in uh, an education on content marketing, particularly at the be- the beginning. So, somebody who buy it, my, who who reads it may think, oh, it's just about SlideShare, but the, the setup uh, explains a lot more about uh, not just how SlideShare could fit in, but how content marketing works. Was that one of your, <laughs> was that, was that a, a, a scheme of yours or, or what, what happened there? Yeah, it's interesting you, you make that observation. I think, the, I think there's probably a little bit of intellectual snobbery on my part that sort of felt a bit uncomfortable writing a book about something as pragmatic and practical as, you know, a software platform. And I think I was also conscious of the fact that um, the, you know, books about plat- you know, platforms like this change all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the, in the, in between um, final stages and publishing this book, um, I became aware that SlideShare was probably going to be acquired. So uh, we actually delayed um, the the launching or the release of the book, so I could make sure that <laughs> I had framed the LinkedIn acquisition in the correct way um, to readers, because clearly you don't want this. You know, it's obviously as soon as the book comes out, it's going to be out of date for these sorts of platforms. So I think in the, that early stage, that first half of the book, I was really trying to give a uh, a broader emphasis, a broader meaning about where this type of platform fits in the ecosystem and why, given the broader trends in consumption, that uh, SlideShare will continue to be an important part of that of that, that landscape. Yes, and one of the things you, one of the main things you talk about is not only lead generation and how effective this is at quality lead generation, but also it's so eminently measurable. And there was one line in your book that just made me laugh out loud. And I don't know if you were trying to make people laugh, but it really tickled me. And I wanted to ask you to expand upon it. And that's where you said, there's a certain type of person in business who likes to play in the shadows, in that gray space between being accountable and doing what they damn well please. Let's call these people marketers. (laughs) I'm... I didn't recall writing that, but it does sound like something I would write. <laughs> yeah, well, so what, what, let's let's uh, let's uh, go into that. What? Uh... Well, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know a lot about your background. You know, the, but we're both. Neither of us is, is. You know, we're not. We're not spring chickens, Douglas. So we've been. We've been around in business for a while, mm-hmm. and the. You know, like the good old days of marketing. When people watch Mad Men, they understand. You know what? What this conceptual selling used to be about and, and mm-hmm. like like every um you know like let's take 10 years ago 10 years ago the books that were best sellers were books that were basically teaching people to think creatively and to go with their gut uh, you know books like um blink by malcolm gladwell um um 
uh, Freakonomics. Like these were the champion books of the day, right? Think differently. Go with your gut. There's bigger pictures at play. Don't think you can control or measure, you know, the way that outcomes are going to go. Mm-hmm. We've now entered this phase in the last ten years where every social network's launched. Every you know, big data has become a term. Cloud computing's become the norm. Everything, all the all the sexiness, all the momentum has swung back in the other direction. So that you know, the pendulum has swung back yet again, away from that um, high-end, uh, intuitive, creative um, space, which is you know, the, the I guess celebrating the big idea and and organics, and move towards you know, data measurement, um, incrementalism, optimization, which is. It's it's part of the science and art of, of what marketing is, but we're very heavily in the science era right now, or in a science phase right now. And I think um, that's you know that's kind of probably the, the the point I was trying to make about this. You know, it's it, it hasn't been a necessarily comfortable era for a lot of marketers <laughs> who right. who you know have have wrapped themselves in. Well, I don't do that dirty stuff. I'm the you know I'm the I'm the, I'm the high end guy. Well, I should explain that the reason I laugh so hard is because I came, I worked on Madison Avenue uh, when I started out my career. And on the very next page, where the, after that quote, you talked about the three martini lunch, and I mean, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've watched this whole industry. It seems like we're going from a horse and buggy to an automobile world, and there's... Um, you know, a lot of carnage out there, and there's a lot of people that are terrified. And even um, in Mitch Joel's book, he talks about how uh, his book, which was Control-Alt-Delete, about how you need to reinvent yourself and you need to keep learning, and it's just a whole different game. I, I see that a lot. I've, I've kind of gotten through it, but I, I, I had to laugh when I saw that because I can remember at one time working with um, – People uh, who would just say, "Look, I'm I only write thirty second TV commercial scripts. Now go get yeah. my assistant to bring me a, uh, you know, a, a half a, a, a latte or something like that." Yeah, I think you've you know, and it's great if you're the. Um, it's great to be specialized, right? We we definitely need to be, and we need specialists around us. Um, but the it 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 never um, it never ceases to amaze me how many really smart people I meet. Who, uh, who professionally seem like they're living in a glass, right? They, they, they can see what's happening in the world around them, but they can't break free of the glass that's turned upside down that they're trapped inside to actually go over and do that. And I'm working, you know, I have a, a marketing agency now where, you know, we're operating in the US, in Europe, in, in Asia. And in every sector, I come across, you know, people from bigger traditional agencies um, who are, Super smart, super intelligent. Know what the trends are. Know what's going on. Know, can see the writing on the wall. Uh, in businesses that are, you know, falling apart of the seams and decaying, their revenues are dropping, and yet they can't uh, intellectually, conceptually, they can't find a way to really. It's obviously not getting. It's not got hot enough or shocking enough yet for them to make the leap into what are these growth areas, which, as you and I know, has been this this move towards content marketing, this move towards um, integrating social media, this move towards now towards um, native type advertising to help promote and, and distribute that content. So there's there's lots of people who are sitting in in traditional spaces that just haven't been able to make that leap. Mm-hmm. I can't defi- I can't understand why. Well, it's it's pretty terrifying for a lot of them, and I think that um, 
there are a number of people who've been in the business, maybe as long as I have, 25 years, and they are thinking, wait a minute, you're telling me I've spent this whole career <laughs> and now uh, I, I, I'm going to have to to change? I, I can remember working uh, in the 80s at that J. Walter Thompson in New York, and they had two guys that only dealt with typesetting shops. And all the type was set. And one day, those two guys were fired. And everyone said, how, how could that possibly happen? What, who's going to set the type? And the, uh, uh, the creative director actually was the novelist, James Patterson. And they had, he had said, no, we're going to use computers. <laughs> Nobody knew what he was talking about. Enough people did. But it was just sort of like that, that seems to be recurring uh, ever ever since then, with other uh, specialties or or people with different kinds of expertise, and they are not able to reinvent themselves, and or or, or they're it's it's like I say it's terrifying. But there was also an article years ago in I think it was Fast Company about five years ago. I'll link it up in the show notes called Mayhem on Madison Avenue. And it was a big 6,000-word article about all these changes, and it really went into the psychology of how people were reacting to it, in the, at least in the ad world. So, um, well, we could go on for hours about that. That's a, that's a real uh, interesting point for me. But back to SlideShare, uh, one thing that was very interesting that I wanted people to understand is uh, you said that a piece of content you host on SlideShare will rank higher than your own website. Can you explain a little bit more about how that is? Yeah, I mean, and you know, we've run many tests around that. It's you know, the 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 short the short and simple story is that we've a site that has such huge traffic like SlideShare that represents a couple of a couple of important things. One. That's a great fire hose of traffic to try to get your content in front of. But secondly, it means that search engines absolutely love it because it's, it's an authoritative um, source for information. So think about the types of terms that people are typing in um, search engines to try to do professional research, for example. And as an aside, I would just say that's definitely what SlideShare is about. It's not, it's not a... It's not YouTube, it's not Dancing Cats, it's not Bells and Whistles and, and entertainment and then you're trying to interrupt the people who are there to be entertained with your serious, um, very worthy um, thinking about some important topic. People are genuinely inbound to SlideShare to do research. I, I often meet people in industries and roles, whether they're in HR or engineering or lighting or facilities management and they'll often say that one of their first ports of call when they're trying to educate themselves is slideshare which i find extraordinary but not only are they going there um, as in typing in slideshare.net and, and going to slideshare they're also if they're trying to research specific areas for their own benefit then they will they will type in those types of questions and much like Wikipedia is the default search engine, um, you know, page one sort of topic uh, host for any number of um, inane questions about the world. SlideShare also is a very, a very high um, ranking uh, response for those sorts of questions and answers because search engines love it because it delivers, it delivers a range of different content around the topic. For some reason, I go to Wikipedia when I'm watching a movie and I'm trying to remember what role I saw. <laughs> The different actors in, and I'm, and I'm thankful they have that. Um, well, 
uh, Todd, uh, before we wrap up, let me ask you a couple of questions. Are there any marketing or business books that you've read recently that you recommend? Do you know what I was reading on the plane? So I literally got a copy of it um, from from Robert last week. I, I've been traveling the last couple of weeks with Robert Rose mm-hmm. and um, he's um, seen him present numerous times the, the keynote for, for his and, and Carla Johnson's new book, which is called Experiences. I, I, I you know, I know the guy. I've spent a couple of weeks talking with him about this and many other things, but I'm still extraordinarily impressed just the last couple of days having read this um, on a long flight back home. Uh, it is a great book. It, it really, really is. So it, it, anyone who's interested in the, in the bigger picture um, implications of – we talked a little bit about marketing, marketing eras before, but anyone who's really thinking through – um, the bigger picture implications of what happens next, not just from, you know, a lot of us are in this sort of content or social marketing space, but where that's leading to and the broader redefined role of a marketer and the marketing function within organizations, it's fascinating and uh, c- couldn't recommend it high enough. I also saw Jay Bear um, last week talking to his um, doing, I guess, the keynote tease for his new book, which will be Hug Your Haters. I haven't read it, but, uh, again, um, really timely, insightful thinking around um, the space and uh, extraordinarily well-received at the um, at Social Media Marketing World where he presented it last week. And, I'm, again, I'm really looking forward to that book. Yes, I'm looking forward to that too. And and Robert has been on the this podcast, and it's a one of those marketing books that helps to rewire your marketing brain, I think. It gives such incredible context and an idea of how everything is changing. So finally, uh, Todd, how do you continue your business education? What, what is it that you uh, read and, or listen to or, or who do you follow to keep up with this quickly changing world of marketing? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I would say a couple of things. One, I think it's a very blessed role to be working um, to to have an agency. I think I get a huge amount of mental stimulation from the um, continual exposure to different types of businesses, different industries, different levels of maturity, different complexities of internal politics. Um, you know, situate. You know. The, Marketing these days is very much about change management Mm -hmm. and trying to help organizations engineer that change to um, migrate to a a model that's actually focused on the audience and business outcomes is it's a real intellectual it's a real intellectual challenge to be honest that keeps that that sort of stimulation keeps me very um, fresh I also think one of the, the great benefits of doing that across a wide range of industries is that you get to see um, a lot of things that are taken for granted in one particular space or industry that haven't been tried in others or that maybe have tried but um, you are not aware of them. So in your ignorance, you can introduce different types of thinking to an industry um, where that is a fairly novel idea. So you can make yourself look fantastic, I guess, is what I'm trying to, <laughs> what I'm trying to say because I think innovation really happens 
at you know where to you know to where new ideas are brought to some, to to an area that hasn't been exposed to them before. So it's a by by keeping your exposure broad. I mean, some of my best ideas come from you know sitting in a sitting in a lecture about something that has absolutely no nothing to do with. Um, any field in which I'm working or from walking around a museum or from lying looking at the sky in the park. You know, mm -hmm. I think that you can get – there's so much information and so much, you know, thought leadership and blah, blah and self-promotion around the place. Um, there are some extraordinarily good, competent, intelligent writers but I, and I, I read a lot about the marketing space but I find my own best – Stimulation probably comes from ensuring that I have downtime from that and are exposed to a wide range of other things. Mm -hmm. Now, are you you're you're new to the agency world, though, aren't you? Did, had you worked at an agency before? I have not. No, uh, it's uh, it's been exactly twelve months, and it's um look, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's it is so much fun, and it is we we uh, you know as as you. Alluded to before, you know, we've we're a very um, high growth, digitally focused marketing agency. So we're, we're very much in the epicenter or the sweet spot of this, um, you know, this move or ongoing, you know, evolution of what content marketing means to companies. We have a lot of global clients that are pushing us into, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 countries. It's um, so the the complexities and the types of challenges and the um, the newness about a lot of what's going on is is really exciting. So I, I cannot um, I cannot I cannot imagine going back to the corporate side, um, you know, anytime soon because this is uh, this is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome to the dark side, uh, <laughs> Todd. But it's very true what you say about uh, people say to me, "What's the agency world like?" And, and one of the things I often say is, "I'll tell you one thing: it's never boring." Mm -hmm. It might drive you crazy, uh, <laughs> but it's never boring, and it's uh, very intellectually stimulating. So, well, Todd, what's the best way for folks to find out more about you and the Marketer's Guide to SlideShare? Yeah, well, look, certainly personally, I'm a very open networker, so if, um, if anyone's listening in, please do reach out and um, – and connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter. I'm, uh, you know, I'm always, um, always excited and, and happy to connect with um, with new people. So that's, um, you know, don't don't hold back. Okay, great. Well, Todd, thanks very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you, Douglas. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other useful things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that lots of people have found helpful. If you're one of the people who've left an iTunes or Stitcher review, I really appreciate it, and it has more impact than you might realize. A one-sentence review shoots the podcast way up in the listings. Finally, I get such a kick out of hearing from my listeners. It really makes my day. To send a message, just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the Contact Podcast button. Got an idea or suggestion? Maybe I'm doing something wrong? Let me know. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time.